epitch.org. Entrepreneurs telling their stories, giving us a better understanding of the entrepreneurial experience. Here's Jackie's ePitch Fast 30. What is the name of your current business? I have two, Salt and Papery and Huntsville Design House. Do you have a website? Yes, saltandpapery.com and huntsvilledesignhouse.com. Age you started this business? 28. Did you always want to own your own business? No. Did you have to get a loan to get started in business? No. Are you a sole proprietor? No. LLC. How many employees do you have? Just me. Do you use the services of a professional accountant or attorney? Yes, definitely accountant. Only once an attorney was needed. More on that later. Okay, and what is unique about your business? Our design process is seamless as long as you trust us to guide you through it. Okay, and most important thing to consider before starting a business. Are you ready to work way more than you did at your 9 to 5 job? What is one thing that has made this business a success? Fast communication and a high quality product. Okay, three words to describe your business. Custom, high quality, dependable. Favorite way to market your business? Word of mouth. Favorite social media app? Instagram. What city were you born in? Huntsville. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Late or early? Okay, multitask or single task? Multitask always. I have a two-year-old. Okay, plan or spontaneous? Plan. Describe yourself with three words. Efficient, honest, goal-oriented. One thing most people don't know about you. I hate Starbucks. <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> Would you rather text, talk, or email when communicating with others? Email. Favorite entrepreneur? Steve Metz with Metropolitan DJ. All right. What website do you visit most often? Google. Favorite advice your parents gave to you? You never have to pull out into traffic until you feel safe. It doesn't matter how many people are honking at you. Don't go until you're ready. That's great advice, <laughs> especially as a mom, right? Exactly. All right. One piece of advice you would give to others starting a business? Fake it until you make it. Favorite part about being an entrepreneur? Commuting on cold days across the hallway. <laughs> and do you love what you do? Every day. All right, there you have it, Jackie's E-Pitch Fast 30. A quick note before we get started. Business is always evolving, as is the case in this interview with Jackie. I did this interview over multiple days. During the interview process, there was a name change to one of Jackie's businesses. Huntsville Design House is now called Made by Jackie Gill. It is the same, just a new name that represents Jackie's brand much better. Let's discuss Jackie and her entrepreneurial experiences with Salt and Papery. All right, Jackie, how did you come up with the name for your business? So this is a great story. I actually had a design business before Salt and Papery, and the name was Jack and Gill Designs. Well, my name is Jackie Gill. It sounded so clever. 
obviously it's a play on Jack and Jill, but that quickly turned south when people would say, oh, you're Jackie Jill, and they would call me by the wrong name. And I was like in this awkward place to say like, uh-oh, I'm about to have to correct this potential client like first off, and that just gets really strange. We have to stop this before it turns into something bigger. Okay. So at the same time that I was deciding that this was something that I wanted to pursue as a career, and I wanted to take in in-house printing, so I wanted to control all of the printing where before I was just sending out designs for people to print on their own. I knew that I wanted it to you know, display the word paper because I wanted to be the paper girl. We take an annual trip to the beach after Thanksgiving every year. And on the way back, one Thanksgiving, we just started talking about names. And you can go online and on our website and read really in depth about how the name got started. But pretty much we knew that we wanted it to have something to do with the beach because it's very much a part of our lives and who we are. And when I say we, it's me and my husband at the time. Um, He's still my husband. but (laughs) Anyways, um, so we talked a lot about that and and salt, you know, salt and paper. Oh, that's cute. But let's like, let's make it a little bit, you know, more specialty sounding. And so the word papery is a English derivative of the French word papittery or something like that. Like I can't, I don't speak French. So, but it was just an English version version of what means fancy package stationery. Okay. So salt and papery are the two things that we wanted to be known for. Salt also has to do with, you know, sweat after a hard workout. So we're hardworking. Salt would be like salt of the earth. So we can do nothing without Jesus. Um, there are just so many things. Salt preserves things, just like an invitation preserves an event. There, the salt was a huge part of who we are. Okay, well that's a great way of coming up with a name. Very unique and very clever. And I could see why Jack and Jill, so they were using the G as a J. Exactly. So trying to come up with the perfect name sometimes is not always easy, is it? No, not at all. Um, We still have people that want to make it a little more French sounding, you know, a a papery and you know, give it a little extra flair, (laughs) but really it's just salt and papery. That's it. All right, salt and papery. Now you also have another part of this business, if you will, and what is the name of that? Huntsville Design House. This business is newly named, but the process is still the same as the process we were doing before. It focuses only on business design, so branding and logos, and then specific business needs, so HR design, event branding, all those types of things. Okay, and just to be clear, when you have two websites that people can go to, the two different websites give you two different ways to purchase through you? Yes, so Salt and Papery, we have two kind of parts to Salt and Papery. We've got some pre-made designs that are a quick turnaround anywhere from weddings to birthday, anything like that that can be edited and printed for you quickly or you can go the custom route to have custom paper designs so we still do anything from birthdays to retirement but mostly weddings so there's a form that's very detailed when it comes to the salt and papery side that's very much wedding oriented then on the 
Huntsville Design House website, the contact form is very business-centered, very project-centered that talks about goals for your business and your project needs and um, where you want the project to end up, really. Now, at one time, this used to be under one website, correct? Correct, yes. And you made a change, and can you kind of tell us when you kind of took that direction to have two different websites, two different names? Sure. So we applied as Salt and Papery for a national trademark in 2017. It is a wise choice for most people um, to protect your business when you feel like your your name, if your name was taken from you, it would you know pretty much destroy your business. And I was at a place in 2017 where I really felt like that. During that process, a larger company in New York um, with a very similar-ish name told us that their their business model and our name were too similar and told us that we were no longer allowed to do branding and logo work underneath the name Salt and Papery. It was, it was pretty hard for us at that time because it was the same year that my daughter was born. So I was learning how to manage a business and be a mom. And I was, it was during maternity leave, so I wasn't really making any money. So at the time I just had to fold and say, all right, well, we're just gonna take it down. So the work didn't stop completely on the branding and logo side, but it did definitely hurt us to not be able to promote that work anymore. After about a year and a half, I finally decided that I really missed doing this type of work. It's it's very different than the wedding work in that it's a completely different clientele and it's a completely different look most of the times than a wedding invitation. So it's nice for me to have that different, that change up a little bit in the design world. So I decided to pick a new name and just kind of do a DBA. So Huntsville Design House is still salt and papery, DBA, doing business as Huntsville Design House. So it's still me. It's just a way to kind of separate the two now. While the process was going on and we were making this new name and you have to set up all the new accounts, the emails, the Instagrams and all that. It felt super cumbersome, but now I feel like it's really helping us promote these two different design styles to the audience that they suit better. So now Salt and Paper is specifically custom stationery printed goods, cards, all that fun stuff. And Huntsville Design House is specifically logos, business promotional materials, business cards, all kinds of stuff like that. Okay, and going through this process, whenever you went for a national trademark, what made you decide to to, to do that? Honestly, it was a, a little bit of pressure from some friends that had gone through this same process. So I actually used their attorney that they suggested. It was Ashley Vaughn from White Rabbit. She did the same process for her business because of some consideration from another business across the country. And I was like, man, I really don't want any confusion about this. Like I really love this name. It means so much to us. We spent so much, you know, heart putting into the name that it would be really upsetting to have it taken. At the time we were doing a lot of business and we had enough saved up that we well we thought we had enough saved up to go through the process without it really hindering our you know monetary accounts so um, it was just felt like the right time after the attorney fees all came in you know you never have enough money 
for the things that you can't foresee. So, Right. And can you tell us what the cost of that ended up being? Oh, man. We were close. I think the original estimate for the cost is somewhere around $3,000, say, if it's all said and done. And we were closer to the ten dollars or $12,000 range after all the paperwork and the back and forth from the lawyers and stuff like that had to be taken care of. So a substantial hit. No, yeah, definitely. It, it took a long time to, I mean, we had to ask since I was on maternity leave for, can we get some kind of payment plan? Because like, I didn't have an extra $7,000 while, while we were really taking on new clients at the time. So I asked our, our lawyer, who was very nice. Um, it was a company out of Mississippi that I'll have to get you the name of after. They were they were great. I was like, please just don't send me to collections. I am going to pay. You know, <laughs> I'm not that kind of person that's not going to pay. So, but yeah, it was it was a huge blow to us. And you know that is a true entrepreneur. You you have all these hits, and it seems like a lot of the hits come at the wrong time. Of course. And, you know, you're here you are having a baby. You're thinking <laughs> you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And by by trademarking the name and then you find out that now it's it's gonna cost you three times, four times as much as what you originally planned. And it's trying to look at what the outcome's gonna be to see the positive side of it. And I think you kind of were talking about that as like, well, you know, now you see a positive. Right. And, you know, as I'm sitting here right now, I'll tell you, I didn't really know that you had that business side to it. Mm -hmm. I've always saw you more as uh, a wedding invitation type business. So seeing that other business, I mean, I can see where now you're not only helping events, but you're also helping business with their needs, too. So maybe in the end, although it costs a lot, (laughs) it does kind of branches out a little bit more right. and more people will know exactly what you offer. Exactly. I I do struggle still with people knowing that I am not just an invitation designer. Like I have the skills to do the invitation design and, you know, execute it, but that expands into so many different design realms at this point that, you know, it's just been me having to remind people like, oh, hey, I do this, but I can also do all of these other things that are made from this skill set that enables me to do wedding invitations. Right, and both websites lay that out extremely well, and the questions that you ask seem to lay it out when people are doing this online, exactly what to say and, and how they want it. Right. Okay, and when people are filling out those forms, I guess, do you, do you end up calling them, or how does that work, or do you go back and forth more with email trying to get it just the way you need it. We are not constricted to having to meet somebody because everything is so digital. I mean, the digital world is amazing. So we do work with clients all over the United States. But for right now, it seems like the most of our clients are here in Huntsville or surrounding-ish areas. So after, on Salt and Papery's website, when they put in their contact form, we have a few initial like emails that we send for, for both companies. I like for people to know what the cost is going to be up front. I don't like anyone to come in and like to a person-to-person meeting and have like sticker shock. 
that would terrify me as a client. Like, I want to know what I'm going to spend before we meet. Right, um, right. Mostly because I don't want I don't want anyone's time to be wasted. Efficiency it was one of my like personal words for myself. Making sure that they know what they're getting into with the money situation and, you know, affirming that it is in within their budget. That's pretty much what we take care of through email first. And once they say, yeah, cool, this is within my budget, then we schedule um, a person-to-person meeting and talk about what I consider the fun part. The money part's not fun to me, so I'd rather do that through email and save the fun part for the person-to-person meeting. Right. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> no one likes the money part. No. <laughs> so let's go back through this. Tell me what services that you offer and let's start with the salt and papery website and then go from there okay so salt and papery we do any type of custom design and printing Um, that can vary anything from save the dates to napkins we can print on cups we can print on wood we can print on metal like we can pretty much print on anything from paper to fabric at this point that range of printing also could be any range of design so we can do I don't know mostly invitations is what we offer but then it just like falls down from there cup designs and koozies all kinds of things how do you get the print on there Okay, that's a good question. So we do a lot of custom graphics at this point. One of our most popular things right now is wedding venues locally. So we hand paint them and then transfer them either through now. The technology of the iPad Pro is amazing. So we use a little bit of that technology, but really it just comes down to printing out one and painting it and we scan it in at high depths and then put it into Photoshop and edit as necessary and then put it onto a digital piece and that's kind of how we go through the proofing process with clients so we have all these other steps beforehand and then put it onto the computer once the client approves it then it's sent off to a true printer so I am not hand doing every single one of them I'm sure there are some designers out there who do that but that's not that's not my process at this point okay and you know you have very unique writing yes so all of that you do by hand and then and put into the computer okay yeah very very interesting <laughs> so because it's very cool yeah it's so uh, and it's not like anything I've seen before so it's all very unique to you right because it's you're an artist right yeah. yeah so you create these things for people and really it really is custom for them yeah Okay. Um, every every meeting that we go to is set up where they're looking at other people's stuff, but I always preface it as like, this is designed for someone else. Like, don't feel like here you have to be tied for this. We talk through like things about other people's designs that they like, and then we just go from there and say like, okay, I kind of have an idea of what you want. Like, I'm going to go and put it onto the computer at this point and send it to them. And the, the best part about like, we, we just celebrated six years in January. So the best part about where I'm at now is that it almost always, knock on wood, they come back and they like may have a few tweaks, but I've got it. Like I've got what they wanted, you know? That's so great. being able to interpret um, what your client wants from like a slew of like 
crazy ideas and stuff and putting it out there, that's one of the best feelings. Yeah, which can be very complicated. So you really have to listen to what they're looking for. Yeah, so. exactly. Do you use a printer locally or have you found someone? Yeah, um, we send most of our stuff to Birmingham, but still source some locally here in town. Then there are some things that we will actually take on and print in-house. So we do have an in-house printer also but the anxiety level of printing like 300 and then cutting them and then possibly messing them up. I've learned my lesson and I just know to send it to, to a printer that that's what that's their specialty because my specialty is not printing. My specialty is not cutting paper straight. I mean I can do it most of the time but my specialty is design. <laughs> and you don't have to be good at everything in business. No. If you no. have your niche work on your niche and that's what makes you successful. Yeah, delegate everything else. Delegate. Yeah. <laughs> is there a printer that you use for napkins? Is there a printer that you have to use for cups? Yeah. Is there a printer that you have to use for the invitations? Every printer, I'm sure, has their specialty too. Totally. And some are going to do better than others. So yes, definitely. Yeah. How do you choose that? It's a learning process for sure. And I, I guess that's probably why people are so protective over their sources is because like it takes years to right. figure out who those vendors are and why we choose this one over this one. But yeah, the, the same people that print our invitations do not print our cups. Like it's just not their thing. But the same people that print the napkins do the cups. And the, the craziest part is that we have a printer that will do, this is going to get really in-depth into our printing processes, but so we print basically three types of ways, a digital flat print, so that's like without any plates or anything to press down, letterpress printing, it's like an old-fashioned way of printing um, where there's a plate made and it's pressed down into the paper with ink, and then the more modern way of doing that is foil so it's like a shiny print a plate is also made but it's pressed down with like a foil shiny paper so the same people that do our flat printing and our foil printing they're the same and we have a separate person that does our letterpress printing that we have to send that off somewhere else okay and I'm just curious finding these people did sometimes did it take 10 times to find the right printer for you? Oh yeah, okay, so our letterpress printer, I'll even tell you, we were working with some girls that were approximately my age and same business type up until this last year and they went out of business. So in the last three months, I've had to work to find a new letterpress printer and pray that in this looming time that no one ordered letterpress printing because I don't have anywhere to send it you know so that part's scary because I was also sending out quotes to clients without knowing a true cost like I'm just assuming that they're close-ish to what I was paying before but really having no idea okay all right and it's interesting you know how things evolve and sometimes you don't know but you still got to get the ball rolling yeah. and, and I, trying to... I do feel like the last like year was must have been hard on businesses just because we had another, our main paper vendor where we order our envelopes and our other, we call them belly bands that wrap the invitations and stuff. They just straight up closed. Like I priced an order and like they just never shifted until I went to check up on it. And like they had just closed down. That was it. They were gone up in New York yeah I was like oh, okay so I actually had to go through the process of like filing through my credit card like hey this product never got delivered and all that crazy stuff so that was like two of my like big providers last year that I've had to like now find a new source for 
And were you able to find a good news source for those? Are you happy? To be determined on the letterpress, I have not had the opportunity to send off to my new prospective printer for that. So I'm waiting to have either like a little bit of extra funds to send just a fun project or a, a real client. But I trust them. They are uh, used to work for a, the big company paper source back in the day. So okay. it, they have like a good resume as far as that's concerned. But yes, we... We have other sources for like envelopes and paper, but you know, sometimes like this other one was just the one that we kind of defaulted to. So we just kind of had to shift our mindset a little bit on like, okay, they're not there anymore. So let's remember to send it over here instead. (laughs) And you know, another great reminder that things change and evolve and there can be frustrating days, but you know, with being an entrepreneur, you have to push through, find a solution quickly and hope that it's the right decision. And with a educated guess, you come up with the right solution. And if not, you know, you're back to the drawing board trying to come up with something else that right. will hopefully it's work. Just, I mean, one of my, my e-pitch 30s was like advice to new businesses. Like businesses that are in business are still faking it until they make it. Like I just have to keep going and like sourcing new things. And even if I don't really know where this road is going to take me, like I've got to keep going down it because there's no other choice. Like I've already promised XYZ clients their envelopes by XYZ date. So I've got to like keep looking until I find an answer. Right. And of course, you know, I'm in my fifties. And so, you know, I've been doing business for a long time. And there's always surprises. Always. And, you know, it would be nice to be 99 years old, know all the answers, and go back and relive it. Because right. you just think, how in the world do you not know this from after 30 years oh, in yeah. business? And so there's always hits forever and always. ever and ever, even when you think that there's not going to be. And so, you know, but you just have to make the most of it. Yeah. And, and hopefully it's not going to be detrimental. Right. So every, every new, like new new process that we use in printing somebody asked us to do a new size or a new paper type or a new I don't even know you you can imagine like the possibilities are endless we are always gonna lose some money on that first time that we do it every time right. you have a lot of stock stuff that you have designed right so would you say that when people go on they like the look of that and order that or is most of the stuff that you're doing custom? I do feel like right now our custom stuff is still way more powerful than our stock stuff. Mostly because at this point I'm not willing to put my designs out on say an Etsy or Minted which are like bigger companies because I am a control freak. <laughs> okay, okay. Well. And I don't want to send out digital designs for people to print themselves because then if that print is not printed well and someone sees it and they say, oh, Salt Papery did this for me and it's bad in my opinion, right? then that reflects poorly on my high quality product that I pride myself on. So I feel like in the coming year or so, our stocks, wedding designs especially, will start to pick up. We probably just don't have quite as many options right now because we're just kind of building slowly. Our Most of our stock wedding designs, wedding suites, are based off of designs that 
people in our custom process will come into a meeting and say, I want this design, I love this so much. And they just keep picking it over and over again that I'm like, okay, well this isn't custom anymore because you're just, we're just changing the words at this point. Right. You shouldn't be paying as much money because the work of the process is way less for me. And two, obviously if we get through four or five brides that are picking it, this is popular. Like I, I wanna make this available at a competitive price for more people to use. So it is something that we're really pushing in the coming years. And we do have these designs, the, the stock designs, in stores locally in North Alabama. So right now, the Paper Chase Indicator has our books and is selling them. So for people who want to touch and feel the paper and see them in person, they're there. And, and we are now at the Topiary Tree in Huntsville. So those two places, our books are there live, so you can go and see them anytime during their business hours. Okay, and when we talk about stock, these are stock, but you've already created that design. You're not buying it from somebody else. These are stock from your artistic ability. They're stock custom designs. Yeah. Stock custom designs. I <laughs> just wanted to clarify getting, that. They are getting to customize them still. So it's a very hard, we call it semi-custom. Okay. Because you, you have some restrictive things. But yes, these are not from somebody somewhere. They are still my designs, and some of them are not even designs that have been chosen before. I do a lot of styled shoots. That's just a fun thing that designers and other creatives like to do, and there are at least half a dozen that are on there from styled shoots that are nobody's designs. They could be yours and be custom for real for you, like to be the first to be used in a real wedding. Well, you have so many great options to choose from. Let me ask you now about sales tax. How do you collect sales tax and how do you pay your sales tax? We collect sales tax based on the products that we sell. We don't have to charge sales tax for design only items. So we only, for digital designs and things like that, we're not required to collect sales tax, but for anything that is a physical deliverable we have to collect sales tax on. We just collect it through payment. Each time that we charge a client, they pay a sales tax to us. And then of course we go on and pay it to the government right after that, which is why a lot of the products we buy are wholesale. So then we're not paying the government twice. <laughs> gotcha. And whenever you're paying sales tax to the government, how do you do that? We pay monthly state and city taxes, and then we pay quarterly to the IRS. The sales tax, it's kind of, it can be kind of tricky because some states, what you're talking about is you don't have to pay really for the service side of it. Exactly. So some states you have to pay for the service side of it. So Alabama is just one that is exempt from that. When you itemize your billing, you kind of know what goes toward what. Yep to try to, to make sure that you're not so, taxing things that shouldn't be taxed. Yeah, exactly. Everything that we have that is a product or a service, we use QuickBooks. So you have an option the minute you put in that product to select whether it's taxable or not taxable. Okay. Pretty much that's all, like the minute I put in the product, it gets decided for me. And it's great, QuickBooks is great for that because it 
doesn't matter if you have a few items that are taxable and an item that say isn't taxable in the same invoice it will figure it all out for you at the end so that makes it super easy for me do you remember going down to the courthouse to set up your business yeah and trying to determine what licenses you had to have oh yeah actually the license office here in Huntsville was really kind to me I mean you just go in and say hey I'm trying to get a business license I was like I'm gonna be a graphic designer I'm gonna sell stationery and she was like all right your code Lord I don't even remember 80 or whatever it is and she pretty much filled out the paperwork for me and was like you need to sign here 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 you pay this much and I had my checkbook and that was it you know they were really helpful Which, and then she was like you go down the elevator out the door to the other because you had to get a zoning license too and then you go get that and then you come back up here and so they, they'll direct you they're really kind about it all yeah and it is kind of nice because you know the, they do have to have different codes and things like that but they are really good at understanding I think what your business is and how you're gonna proceed with that right yeah okay all right, so what about marketing? How do you market your business? I used to rely on Instagram 100%. Because of all the pictures. All the pictures. It's so pretty and the feeds and my you know bridal clientele like was there. Like that was the age appropriate thing. Facebook, you know, has gotten a little bit older crowd now to, to market to. And so Instagram was just where my people were. And when it first started, it was so good and so organic and people could find my business really well. And it just, it was just fun and pretty and just a great way to connect with people. But since, you know, Facebook and Instagram have become one pretty much, it's not the case so much anymore. And I continue to post weekly, you know, multiple times weekly, just because it feels like as a business you have to. But I don't think that that is necessarily the best way to market my business anymore. So we rely mostly on word of mouth. Happy clients tell their people and then hopefully they have that trust in us before they even reach out to us because they've been told by a friend. So it's really word of mouth. I do a couple of bridal shows right now at the beginning of the year and one in the middle of the year. So that's my only other like paid advertisement that I do is bridal shows. We, we did one time place an ad in a magazine and it didn't have great return for us because again the the marketing aspect for us is just just being in front of people you know because I feel like when people know me personally like they would rather work with me and you know meet me as a as a person rather than right. a print magazine doesn't necessarily tell you that the person behind the company is a real human and not just this big box company or whatever. So I feel like the person-to-person -person aspect for us would, would work a lot better and I would not want to be on TV or anything like that. So that would not work <laughs> out. I would not do that. I hear you. Well, you know, the algorithms have changed so much in the social media aspect mm -hmm. that it, it is challenging now if you are a business even advertising you know making sure that you're getting out to the right people is is somewhat complex and you're not always going to be able to really have the people that you want in front of you to see what you're doing oh, exactly. which is yeah yeah i i think the same thing so just a lot has changed over the last few years yeah. so 
Well, what advice would you give to others that wanted to start a business like yours? For me, we really just live by the motto, like, you, you got to fake it until you make it. Like, there were so many projects at the beginning that I would say yes to that afterwards I was like, okay, now I have to go and figure out how to make this happen because I just promised somebody that this is what what we're going to do for them, you know, and, and that got a little expensive at first, but after a couple of times, you know, you start mitigating costs a little bit better for things like that. But, you know, I think that something that's really overlooked in starting out a business is that at the beginning, your prices and what you can charge just can't be the same as somebody who's been doing it for a while. And you have to work on building that portfolio up first and so I feel like everyone's got to start somewhere so don't be intimidated by the fact that oh mine's you know doesn't cost as much as so-and-so's or whatever because we all started at the bottom and have worked our way up through the years and are still everyone's still trying to work their way up even further so well you know every situation is different so you know taking all all of what you learn I think we talked about earlier that it is sometimes you just never know what's coming your way and so you got to be ready for the challenge so true to make sure that you're able to do it well is there anything else that you would like to add to this interview here's what's happening now i have actually changed a little bit of one side of my business i decided that i wanted to jump into surface pattern design which would be designing for fabrics and boulders and different things that could be purchased out in the wild, not necessarily created by me. This would be putting things out so that maybe one day Target might pick up my pattern and put it on a swimsuit or uh, there's multiple fabric companies out there that could be used for t-shirts and other things like that. I decided to change my Huntsville Design House business name to just reflect me as a designer. So my new Instagram handle for that side of the business is now made by Jackie Gill. I just, I felt like the Huntsville Design House really limited me to be able to market to a broader scale of people. I wanted to be able to be larger than Huntsville at this point. So, but I did not want to have to manage one more social media account or one more email account. So I just decided, you know what? The common factor in all of these things that I'm designing is me. Yeah. And so I just decided to go with Made by Jackie Gill. This is really fresh and really new for me. So I'm going to still continue to do branding and logos and all kinds of designs. I'm just kind of adding in the surface pattern design. So I'm really starting to test the waters and hopefully get a really good portfolio and then start to reach out to some companies for licensing and franchising and stuff like that. Okay, now with with this made by Jackie Gill, is this still going to be a professional side to this website or is the professional side, the business side of it, going to be part of Salt and Peppery? So we're pretty much keeping the division of one side will be branding, logos, and pattern design. And then the other side will still be paper and 
stationary design. So still two entities in that sense because salt and papery is too formed at this point right. to everybody to kind of throw this in. And the truth is, is that after I talked to some other people and got some advice, the, the pattern design really fits well in the other thing because a lot of times in our branding, we turn over like a pattern design for a company so that they can use that in their marketing material. So we were actually already doing pattern design, just didn't know that it could be so much broader of a thing that that could be a career, you know, a career option, a pathway, you know, to to go down. So I actually, the first year, first month, pretty much, I was on my own as a business. I went to the National Stationery Show in New York in May of 2014, and it splits the show. One side is stationery, and the other side is called Certex. And that show, um, my mom went with me, and we wandered over to this other side, and we're like, what is all this over here? And it was patterns. It was people selling their patterns on that side. And I was like, Oh, this looks really fun, you know. Interesting. Yeah, crazy that they they share the same, you know, show, but that we were over there and like, huh, this looks really fun, you know. I should really look into this. And now it's been six, seven years, and I'm like, oh, now I really am going to look into it. So it's been something that I've wanted to do for a long time. Okay, now is do you have to protect your pattern? These are all great questions that I don't even really know. I mean, like, I've talked to only really one person who does this that lives in Utah. Like, I don't know anybody personally that does this, which is really kind of exciting for me Like to think that, like, I could be one of just a few people that, right. you know, are doing this. There's, a, there's thousands in this country and around the world, you know what I mean? But, like, it's not something that everyone is trying to do, which feels really fun. And so I don't know. I don't know how scared I should be about putting my pattern on Instagram and then people seeing it and copying it at this point. Like, I, at this point, I just have to be open with my stuff until I get some sort of somebody to see my work. And then after that, if I get, you know, in quotes, discovered, I guess after that, I might be a little more careful, but I just don't. I can't be scared of like the trademarking thing at this point, but it does okay. seem like once you put it out there, like anybody who has like a license already, if they saw it, they could just copy it and no one would ever know. You know, who would have ever thought that there would be a show that you could go to that has this yeah. out there? So you've kind of seen it in person. Right. So you kind of know a little bit of how that show works. So I guess that you'll probably be going to more of those shows. So I, I've think that the main goal for me would be to end up at a there's a quilters market in Texas at some point that a lot of the designers and merchandisers the person the art directors and people are there but you have to have some sort of in like a fabric purchasing to even get to the show but if you can get there with your portfolio you can get in front of a lot of art directors so hopefully within the next year I can figure all that out and get there and maybe we can have an updated podcast in a year to see to see where I'm at in a year with this like literally a fledgling of it like this is so brand new to to me but exciting very exciting well I think it's great and you know business evolves and trying to follow your passion and your passion really is graphic design and creating new looks and design sounds like a great fit for you right and that's how I 
figure like that's how I felt when I heard you know I was like oh I really I really would love this and like since that moment that I like found I was just watching like a free webinar type of thing and I was like huh I think I can do this and so like since that moment I've just been spending every extra minute like immersing myself in what to do next what's the next steps and like I spend like I have my like headphones in at night like listening to more podcasts and more like shows and things to like learn and I'm drawing and like I just need five more minutes till dinner like please to work on this new pattern you know so it's it's exciting to want to spend that much time on something still you know like to like be that excited to overwork yourself again (laughs) well that's great we're to the final question Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) All right, the final question asked is given to us by our previous entrepreneur. And on our last podcast, we had entrepreneur Lee Sella with Bishop's Flowers. And Lee asked, if you had known in the beginning what you know now, would you still own your business? Definitely, 100%. Okay, and even with all the challenges? Oh, yeah. Uh, the challenges are, I mean, it would be boring if you didn't have the challenges, right? right. <laughs> I mean, for sure. Just a regular old job. <laughs> uh, you're, you're an entrepreneur, right? Exactly. We, we need the excitement to keep going. All right. Well, as we close, please write down your last question for our next guest and tune in to find out how they will answer it on the next episode of epitch.org. So thank you very, very much, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening today. Please check out my website at epitch.org or anchor.fm slash epitch.org to listen to future podcasts and on my Twitter account, epitch.org, to learn more about entrepreneurship. May these individual stories inspire you to do great things in entrepreneurship. Thank you. Thank you.